Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Friday, December the 23rd, 2022, at 3.24 p.m. Central Time. Today's focus, God with us. Today's focus, God with us. Now, if you have been with us all week, as we've been doing these programs for the Today's Focus podcast series, we've been working in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, what would be referred to as a nativity text, right? Dealing with the nativity of Jesus Christ, very appropriate for this time of year, very standard, kind of what you would expect but I hope that you have appreciated, maybe I've, I've tried to approach these verses in a slightly different way or pointing something out maybe that is often overlooked. And I hope, I hope that I have accomplished that and hopefully it has done something to help you focus on Christ in this time of year. I hope I've accomplished that and I hope I can do the same thing today. So when you hear that phrase, God with us, what comes to your mind? Like, if you were to take a piece of paper, and right now I would say, okay, God with us, what does that make you think of? What does that make you feel? How do you understand that concept that God is with us? I, I would love, like, if I was with a group of people, I would probably say, do that, and then I would want to, everyone to turn in their papers and then look at them to see kind of the direction most people would go. And I think, and you could you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, I think most people would go in the direction of some kind of like, well, God is with me in some kind of a mystical way, something that's supernatural, mystical, something I can't necessarily grab onto, something that's not tangible, like he's with me and he's present with me. I can't see him or touch him, but he's here. Some will say, some may try to attach it to something like, I can feel his presence, some may fo focus on, well, he's indwelling me in the person of the Holy Spirit, so he's he's present with me internally and dwelling in me. But even that, to me, is very, is that tangible? It's still very mystical. It, 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 it's something that we can't really grab on to. So I think people would go in that direction. Well, he he's with me when I wake up. He's he, Maybe they would go with his omnipresence. Maybe some would kind of go with some kind of a special presence. Uh, maybe some would kind of go with a, with an indwelling presence. Some of the things that we've talked about in our, in our series on the presence of God. But I think that's where most people would go. They would go in that kind of direction. And I, I want to just, well, th make you think, I want you to think about God being with you. In a, in a different way. I want you to approach it in a different way. And we're going to use, obviously, the Gospel of Matthew for this, because that's where we are. And you know where we're getting that phrase, God with us from, right? Right? I, I, think, you, I think you know. You'll see here in just a minute. All right? Here we go. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I know that today's focus is only supposed to be 15 minutes, but that's okay. I'm going to do a little bit of review just to put this all together. Here we go. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. 
then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Now, I'm not going to go through everything we talked about. I thought our approach to those two verses was extremely unique, and and, uh, people don't typically approach it that way, but I think it definitely offers a challenge in how we deal with people who have supposedly fallen in some great sin. Now, in this case, Mary hadn't fallen in sin, but Joseph would have no way of knowing that. So in his mind, she committed a sin, and even though he that sin would have been against him, look how he tries to handle it. Love covers a multitude of sins. He's trying, he's not, he's not overlooking the sin, but he's not going to just try to publicly humiliate and shame, which seems to be our default position, but I, I digress. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, we talked about that idea of, of the angel telling him to fear not. What, what was co- We know what was causing Joseph to have fear. Now, some people felt that the fear here was that the, the presence of the angel in the dream, but I... I don't, I don't, I personally don't, I don't think so. His fear is about taking her, taking Mary as, as his wife. I mean, look what it says. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. He's afraid of the whole situation. Mary has sinned, scandal. He, he's afraid of that. And the angel shows up. So what, what in a sense was given to Joseph to ease or take away his fear? And that went with our Bible study exercise that we're currently working on on the subject of fear, all right? So everything, all of the different podcast episodes, all of the different podcast series, see how they all always interconnect and they're always connected. I hope you understand that. I hope you appreciate that because uh, I think that's one of the cool things we do here. But that's, no matter no matter how many different series is going on, there's usually a, a thread holding them all together in some way, shape, or form. Not always, but and many times there are. And I, and I love when people catch on to that and point it out. So the angel shows up, tells him not to fear, and tells him that Mary, thy wife, for, uh, for uh, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And I really want you to focus on that again today. Now, it's not the ultimate thing I want you to focus on. I guess what I should say, I want you to focus on that right now because it's critical to the idea of God is with us. I'll I'll draw the correlation and the link here in a minute. But she's going to call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He came to save us from our sins, right? He came to save us from the penalty, the condemnation of sin. He is, he is the Savior of, to save us from sin, not to save us from all of the other things the church sometimes tries to say he came to save us from. But no, he came to save us from our sins. Now, all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. I'll stop right there. Yesterday, we talked about Mary's virginity, right? And how significant that is, all right? how significant that is. If you if we reject the virginity of Mary, we destroy the deity of Jesus Christ, and we clearly destroy his sinlessness, which obviously would destroy his deity, right? So those are all very important concepts, but then look what happens. 
Behold, a virgin shall be, uh, be uh, the virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now we want to focus today on that phrase, God with us. Now, to connect it to yesterday, I said this at the end of the program. If you destroy, reject the virginity of Mary, if you reject that she was with child by the Holy Ghost, if you reject that in any way, shape, or form, we do not have God with us. We just have this person who was conceived in the normal way of other babies, and there's nothing, well, he's just a person. But if he is the eternal, divine Son of God, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost and born of the Virgin Mary, then we have God with us, and then we have Jesus who saves us from our sins. In fact, if if you destroy the virgin birth, we don't have a Savior to save us from our sins, and we don't have God with us. That's how significant the virgin birth is. Right? I cannot stress that enough. But I want us to look at that phrase, God with us. Now, as I said, I think many people see this, oh, God is with me, but they see it in some kind of mystical way. He's with me in some kind of mystical way. Like he's, he's omnipresent or he's present specially in some way. It's a feeling, it's an emotion, or there, he's indwelling in me. But all of that is so, it's not tangible. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to argue that the primary way that we have to learn to see that God is with us is in our salvation. That's the whole context here. Now, historically, we could say that clearly this may have been more focused on him being with us in the incarnation because now God had taken upon human flesh. So this is more dealing with, he is with us in the incarnation, but that was, he was with us in the incarnation. And then obviously he ascended to the right hand of the father from which he will come to judge the living and the dead. So how, you see, they, he was there tangible. That would have been, he was in a sense, tabernacling amongst them in a tangible way. Well, that tangible way is gone. So we then try to grab onto something kind of mystical, something that we can't really we can't really explain but i think there is still something very tangible we can grab onto see i think he was with us in the incarnation but he is always with us in salvation and that is why i want you to focus on really the whole concept here hey she's going to bring forth a son and call his name jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins right this is the fulfillment of the prophecy by isaiah Right, a virgin is going to have uh, is going to be with a child. She's going to bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, being God with us. And then, please note, please note, look at how this works. He's 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 uh, they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And then notice verse twenty four: Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, took unto him his wife, and knew her knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Jesus goes before it and after. The Emmanuel is in between those two mentions that he's going to be called Jesus. He's going to be called Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. 
How is God with you? He is with you in the most tangible way possible because by faith, his righteousness is imputed unto you. He is with you in salvation and nothing can separate you from that salvation. No one can lay a charge at God's elect. He is with you in the fact that he has saved you and that his righteousness has been imputed to you. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. We like to see him with us in some kind of mystical way, but I want you to, to at least today focus on the fact that Jesus is with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single day of the month, every single day of the year for your entire life as a believer in salvation. Because in salvation, his righteousness is accredited to your account. His obedience is accredited to you. You are in him. He is in you. I think, I think if, we, if we focus on the mystical kind, I think sometimes we, we feel confused or we feel, well, wait, if God is with me, then why is this happening? And why is this happening? And I don't, and sometimes we're left with questions and confusion and doubt. But something that is tangible is that God is with me in salvation. And nothing will ever remove that. Circumstances doesn't change that. Feelings doesn't change that. Emotions doesn't change that. Perception doesn't change that. My own sin doesn't change that. My own failure doesn't say that, change that. He is with me in salvation because his, he is Jesus and he will save his people from their sin. I want us to see Emmanuel being with us in salvation. Yes, historically, its first primarily focus is on the incarnation. I, th I don't think we can, I, I don't think there's any way to ignore that. It, it, some people then will uh, then try to expand it beyond, beyond that. Here, here's how one commentator put it. Here's how one commentator, or one commentary put it. Emmanuel, as spoken by Isaiah, the name like that of the Lord, our righteousness, applied by Jeremiah, not only to the future Christ, but to Jerusalem, did not, now this is what, now this is important. They would say the way it was used by Isaiah, it did not necessarily mean more than that God was with his people, protecting, guiding, and ruling them. The church of Christ has, however, rightly, has rightly followed that just scared me to death. I don't know what that was. Some notification on my iPad. All right, so let's read this again. Emmanuel, as spoken by Isaiah, uh, the name, like that of the Lord, our righteousness, applied by Jeremiah, not only to the future Christ, but to Jerusalem, did not necessarily mean more than that God was with his people, protecting, guiding, and ruling them. They say the way it would typically have been used, God is with us. It wouldn't have been understood to be something mystical. So it would just have been, he is with us, guiding, protecting, and ruling. But the commentary goes on to say, the church of Christ has, however, rightly followed the evangelist and seeing in it the witness to a presence more direct, personal, immediate than any that had been known before. It was more than a watchword and a hope, more, more, and had become a divine reality. Now, what they do is say, hey, look, typically it's kind of used in a more generic way. Hey, he's with us, he's protecting, he's guiding. But they say that the church and the evangelist makes it a more, something more tangible. It becomes a divine reality. And of course, they are pointing to the incarnation. So I think its primary focus is on the incarnation. But I think its application for us 
is that he is with us in the most tangible way possible. We can look for that mystical presence, right? But that's so subjective, right? That's so non, it's just so, okay, what does that actually mean? It sounds good. It preaches good. And everybody like, he is with me. He is with me. It sounds good. But I think what we, we do when we focus on that, we miss the most important way that he's with us and our salvation. And his imputed righteousness is accredited to my account. That is how he's with me. He has saved me. He's adopted me into the family of God. That nothing can separate me from that. So I I understand these other ways you want to feel like he's with you. I understand that. But just for today, focus on how he is with you in your salvation. And nothing changes your salvation. Not circumstances. Nothing. Not your feelings, not your emotions, not your actions, not your own sin. He is there. His righteousness is yours. His blood is there to wash you, wash away all sin. Nothing changes that. That to me brings greater comfort than some kind of mystical feeling that I'm supposed to feel. Because you know what will happen? A lot of people is like, God is with us. God is with us. Okay. And then, and, and then we, you know, as we get closer, it's December the 23rd. A lot of people are traveling, but you know what? It's Friday. So people aren't going back to work. And a lot of people from tonight, all day tomorrow, and then Sunday, and especially Sunday night, are going to feel a great sense of, of loneliness or letdown or an emptiness. And we could try to say, hey, 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 God is with you in some kind of nebulous way, some kind of way that's not very tangible. But if they have have put their faith in Jesus Christ, he is with you. No matter the loneliness you may feel, no matter your circumstances, no matter broken relationships, no matter the situations with your family, no matter how horrible Christmas has ever been, None of that matters because he is with us in salvation. That is what I want to focus on. All right, we've gone 19 minutes and I apologize for the broadcast getting messed up by that weird notification on my iPad. I don't know what that was. It's like some kind of alert telling me the end of the world was near. I'm like, what? It scared me. I almost dropped my iPad. I literally was holding the iPad right here next to the microphone. And all of a sudden it's like, and I'm like, what is that? I'd never even heard that notification. I don't know what that was. It was basically like, you've got 10 seconds to live. Okay. And, and, And the iPad's going to explode. Talk about messing up reading that commentary. So I apologize for that. All right. But there you go. Email me. News. About to knock the microphone over. News. If at yahoo.com. News. If at yahoo.com. News. If at yahoo.com. Today's focus, God is with us. I want you to focus on how God is with us in salvation. Thanks for listening.